ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV Dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Everybody, today we got a special group of guests here. I got Shane Hit, Jeremy Shell, and Corey Ellis all on ATV Talk today. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing good. You're in. Say hi, Shane. It's a, it's your turn. It's okay. I'm I'm good. <laughs> uh, I love this. this is going to be good. Um, Jeremy, thank you for joining us. I know that uh, uh, sometimes tying up or, or getting connected is a, is a little difficult. That was me. Sorry, guys. Can you still hear me? Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, my my recording device fell over. Um, you know, I'm not very tech orientated. My children run everything. I just get to occasionally push a button and uh, see what happens. You You're better. We'll give you a little bit of credit. <laughs> you can give me a little bit, but don't give me too much. <laughs> He's trying to make fun of me earlier. We were. I didn't even I, we were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how long have you guys all raced together? Uh, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. Me and Corey talked about it a couple of times, but we go back to the first time I think I really become friends with Corey was somewhere around 1993, 94. We was racing up in uh, Seattle on the kingdom. I, Corey, Corey might remember better than me, but I think it was not, it was 92, 93, 94. So we go, we go back a long way. I met Jeremy pretty much at the nationals in maybe 96, 97, somewhere in that area. So, I mean, we all go back a long time. Yeah. The, the, my first Mickey's in, in Seattle, my first Mickey in 92 and Mickey's you pit at uh, Seattle, you pit it indoors, like on the, on the floor because the stadium is so big. So my, I pitted right next to Shane and Donnie Banks. <laughs> so that was like, a, that was just like, I was like 15 years old. I was just wide eyed and just, Oh my gosh, look at these two hillbilly hicks or whatever they are. I don't know what they are, but they were going back and forth the whole time. And I, I think we just sat there and laughed at them. 
Uh, that's an education that he did not need. <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's too. That's incredible. Oh, so Jeremy, did you get to make any Mickey's? No. Oh, you no. missed out, man. I know. I wish I could have done that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. You probably would have. I, I like those tracks. Oh, I wrecked that every every race. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> Shane. Uh, he so much that my dad told him one of the races he's gonna start putting his stickers on the skid plate. <laughs> I know that was like almost everything, and all the sponsors were start making that mandatory in his contracts. Uh, you saw yeah. Bongo's bike more than you saw the top side. Now I know. I think it was 1998. I think that first year of that pace series. Um, Jeremy wrecked every single race that year. It was, <laughs> it was fun. I, you know, no matter, I mean, if you do bad and you come in, you're pissed off and you're not in a very good mood, but you look over at Jeremy's bike and handlebars bent down, fenders are all watered up. <laughs> Couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> I was just ready to get on the road with Shane. <laughs> That's the best time driving down the road talking. Yeah, riding down the road, falling up wild. You two, you two, <laughs> Shane, you and Jeremy have spent a lot of time on the road together, traveling to races and personal stuff, correct? Yeah, we started out. I mean, that's really where me and Jeremy become friends. We were, uh, were, everybody was wanting to go to Glamis. I think it was 97, maybe. And and I don't know who all started putting the trip together. And somehow I got in the middle of it. It was Byron Goggins and uh, Jeremy and it was Timmy and it was uh, me. Uh, Harold Goodman was with us. Uh, uh, Sylvain from Canada. Um, Who else? Uh, I can't remember. We all got together, but I had the biggest truck and trailer. So I said, well, I'll fill my trailer up. We'll put any of them in there as we can. And then I told Jeremy, you know, I talked to Jeremy. I said, I'll just, I come to Missouri. I said, I'll just swing by and pick you up. So I stopped by Jeremy, Jeremy up and we glamis in 97. Of course, Corey lived out there. So Corey met us out there. And, um, Brian Henson and, and Wayne and uh, Wayne Meridian and Ron Baker and, and all those guys, bunch of the guys that live on, on the West Coast there, they all come out to Glamis and hung out with us. And we took Tom Carlson with us. Um, I think who else went. It was a big group. Um, and it was really the first time that most of us had ever really, I'd been out there once for a photo shoot, but it was the first time I think that um, most of us really had probably ever got out there and really done any riding in it. At Glamis, and we was—I mean, it was a good time. We did that for a few years, and um, and, and still, you know, I, we've kind of lost contact. I mean, we talk—I talk to Jeremy every couple of years, and then last year I went to Corey's to ride side by sides, and Corey said, "Well, stop, pick Jeremy up." I said, "Well, I can." Well, Jeremy he chickened out or got married for twelve times. <laughs> <laughs> So this year, I think he was divorced and was able to go. So next year, he's definitely out. So <laughs> he's married about every other year. You'd think you'd learn by now that he just marries ain't for him. Hey, but. Where do you every woman in the state that you live in has got to know you, so they stay away from you. How do you find a new one to marry? What are you talking about, man? I'm all over the United States. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> last last week he got married in Daytona. I wanted me to be the best man down there. Bike week. <laughs> Did you get that one annulled already? Yeah. Yeah. I left and then I got done. <laughs> so. 
Uh, the only thing your that, wife lets you hang around these two? The only thing that seems very your wife lets you hang around these two? Uh, yeah, she does. <laughs> wow. She she doesn't know the past. <laughs> <laughs> she probably knows more than you think, Jeremy. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I know a lot, <laughs> lot more than she knows. <laughs> Oh, oh, we lost Jeremy. He unplugged us. Oh, good. Because he'll, he'll tell me in trouble. He'll be back. Oh, geez. Yeah, it'll be a few minutes. <laughs> he got married. He had to get had to get it annulled. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's too Yeah, bad. I think I think that trip to Glamis too, Shane. Keith Little was there. Oh, he was. Great yeah. Little. Cause that was when he had, when he bought that, that box stand office and remember uh, that one video Byron had all of us crawling out of it at the, where we got pizza hut or something or. Uh, no, I think it wasn't the name of the town was Brawley or Brawley. Yeah. Or Brawley. Yeah. yeah. We all, we all took it to pizza hut that year. And I mean, it was, it was a good time, man. And, um, uh, kind of, kind of, you know, that we kind of tried to make that a yearly thing. And then, you know, you grow up and, you, everybody gets married and has kids and goes different directions. And it's hard for, um, it's hard to put that stuff together. You start out with 20 people that want to go on a trip and then time the trip comes, you're down to you. Me. So, but, uh, Jeremy, he did go, he did go this year and, uh, I'd like to do it at least once a year. The only, the only bad thing is with the COVID stuff, we couldn't, couldn't really do much in California. You know, we got out there and, um, we was there for one day and left, you know, yeah, it, 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 everything is opening up. Like down here, where we're, we're from in, in San Diego, Jeremy's having sound problems, guys. He'll come back shortly, as soon as he figures out which button to push. <laughs> um, <laughs> but down here where we live, we had some restaurant issues. But for the most part, most of the businesses were open and, and going. You know? Well, I don't know. Corey works somewhere there kind of in the Anaheim area, but, um, I know we went in and, and really what we, because I bought a, um, uh, Lager chassis off of Wayne Ridden at PEP. So I just mainly drove out there to pick that stuff up and then was going up to Corey's to ride, um, ride or side by sides. And, and we just, I mean, you couldn't find a restaurant. I mean, even the drive-thrus are wrapped around the building and out in the street. And I was just kind of blown away because I mean, you don't see that kind of stuff back here. Um, everything back here is, I mean, you wear a mask when you go in the door and, and uh, when you sit down, you take it off. And in some places, you don't even wear a mask. I mean, like last week, we were in Daytona, Florida. And ain't nobody heard of a mask down there. I didn't see a mask for a week. When I come home, I forgot about it. So, that's that's yeah. uh, awesome. I only have to wear the mask when my wife tells me I have to. Yeah. I won't do it. Yeah, I'm not real crazy about it. But, I mean, some places you have to wear it. And, and uh, you can get mad and say, I'm not going to wear it. but I mean, what's that do? I mean, you stay at home. So I can only stay at home for so long. So. Yeah. Then you can't get in, you know? Yeah. It's crazy, but it's, uh, it looks like we're kind of on the downside. looks like it shouldn't be much longer. And we'll be over this COVID thing. Hopefully. I, I think it's going to be okay. We got you back, Jeremy sound wise. I know people call me. Well, you know what? You're, Supposed to be on your laptop, but it's okay. I know well, I'm not laptops. I don't know. They don't have laptops where you live, so it's okay. Uh, mine's broke. 
<laughs> what did you throw it at somebody? Probably. <laughs> I was one of them wives, huh, Shane? Probably. One of his wives took it. Yeah. You're killing me. You guys Nothing. are killing me. So, how many good battles have you guys had? Oh, man. We, you know, we had quite a few battles, really. I mean, I, most of our would have been, you know, in the stadium races or, um, or on motocross. So Corey was kind of, I don't remember. I mean, we raced, I raced a lot with Corey, but I don't know that we ever really even touched each other, you know, all the years. And Jeremy, we raced a lot together in those stadium stuff, but, um, I mean, we raced against each other a lot. I don't really remember any of us ever really having any issues with each other. Um, we all traveled together. I mean, for years, I mean, Corey worked at Leggers and his dad would drive his stuff and usually Timmy's stuff um, to back and forth to the races. And then I, me and Jeremy would go together, but we would just travel together. So, I mean, we were together through that winter stuff every, every, um, every weekend, you know, pretty much. So we all become good friends and we tried not to wreck and hurt each other because, you know, we all went back to the truck and the same hotels and the same restaurants and usually end up in the bars on nights. So, um, <laughs> bad if we wrecked each other. <laughs> well, I uh, couldn't wreck neither one of them because they were taking my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what'd you do? Just fall in behind them and follow them, Jeremy? Yeah, I'd just say the hell with it. <laughs> well we, you know jeremy like the one year he did i mean we laugh about it now but he did he wrecked every year and he was fast until he wrecked but um so jeremy pretty much took himself out um but uh i don't know i mean we we all did good it was probably before it was better than i was the stadium stuff jeremy really um, at the stadium stuff, I was, I was, you know, I was always known for being really good at the TT stuff and, and I ran good on the motocross stuff when I really worked at it. But, um, you know, I kind of had that kind of figured it out for the way the series was set up, you know, on the outdoor stuff that, you know, with, you know, five motocrosses or motocrosses and six TTs or whatever, I knew that, you know, for motocross, I just had to be consistent and not break and get a top five and then win the TTs and I'd be in that thing every year. So I didn't put a, ton of effort or not near as much effort in the motocross as I should have, but, uh, I did well on the TT stuff. Jeremy, how'd you like the TT stuff? I like TT. I thought I did pretty good at it, especially after I bought the bike Corey had. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I heard a story. I heard a story that, that you rebuilt a dirty bike. Oh yeah. That's nothing. <laughs> I, I got made fun of for well up till now for that. <laughs> yeah, he, he Corey, did. Well, Corey loves that story. I mean, it's a classic. It is a classic. Yeah, that is. I don't. I, mean, I, I don't know how anybody could even do that. Do you just take apart a bike that came off a muddy track and frame it, redo the frame, repowder coat it, pull the muddy parts back on it. <laughs> I was just. I was just amazed. Like they didn't even wipe anything off and just put it back on. The arms just full of dirt, dirty shocks, dirty motor. It's a practice bike. But the you should see a bike that looks like that. That's 
a brand new clean frame and everything's dirty. It's it's kind of amazing, actually. To see it's kind of dirty. Like. Two minutes after I put it together. <laughs> are you allergic to water? California, you are. <laughs> no, we're not. We're good. <laughs> okay. They were trying to charge me too much to use water out there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what yeah. what year is that, Jeremy? That uh, we were at Adelano Grand Prix, and we were all wondering who this hillbilly was in this lifted red pickup with a four wheeler <laughs> in the back, making all kinds of racket noise with this exhaust pointed straight up in the air, and, and we had no idea who it was. And then he pulls up, "Hey, everybody!" <laughs> oh God, you remember what year that was, Jeremy? Well, Corey, I went to stayed at Corey's house that night. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that night, Corey? Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what year that was. I think it was uh 03 or 04 or something like that. It, yeah, it was it was something something like that. Because we were all racing Adelano Grand Prix for best in the desert, I believe. Uh, yeah, that was on Cowie. Yeah. All right, wasn't it before the Cowie? No. Cause I didn't race that without, I raced the Cowie that year. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember it being a Cowie, but I just remember that red truck freaking, freaking hillbilly driving around and all of us freaking going, who is that crazy? Yeah. Now Shane's a hillbilly and I'm a hick. Whatever. Like, <laughs> I live in the flatlands. He lives in the hills. <laughs> Does, Does, it matter? Matter? Does it matter? I think Jeremy yeah. still has that truck. Jeremy still I do have that truck. I do. You still have that truck? Mm-hmm. Are you drinking moonshine no. out of that jar? No, it's tea. Oh, okay. <laughs> the moonshine comes later. No, not not tonight. I had a rough week at Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's is that putting it lightly, Shane? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> We won't even get started on Daytona. I'm still, I don't know. I'm still in shock. <laughs> <laughs> After all these years, you get in shock freaking because uh, he, he did. ain't been nowhere with me in a while. Yeah. Did yeah, my dad, too much, my, too much. my dad told me when I was little, you, you, you don't believe nothing you can hear and only half what you can see. And in Daytona, I don't know if I can even believe what I saw. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a good thing you stayed at home, son. I know. I know. I was going to go. I'm glad I did it now. Yeah. <laughs> I left early. <laughs> Wait, what, were you scared? I was getting scared. <laughs> you take your kids down there with you, Shane? I sent them home early. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to. Uncle Jeremy's too much for them, huh? Yeah, my oldest son likes Jeremy. He thinks Jeremy's funny. I said, that's real bad. You got to go home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> looking at like this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh. <clears throat> we got to get into some good racing in- stories here. You guys got to come up with something instead of, uh, bat- you know, beating up on Jeremy, you know. Well, the good stories is driving down the road. Not racing <laughs> well, okay well what, what was so good about driving down the road 
well, you don't, I don't know if we should say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got, I got one with these two the one about that chainsaw, about that Glamis trip. So I'm parked next to them at Glamis. The next morning they come out and I can't remember what they were talking about, but somehow we about froze last night. We had to turn the heater off and I don't know. You, you know about that. Yeah. 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 About this. You saved our lives. <laughs> remember Lenny yeah I remember we were in Glamis and when me and Jeremy we went in there it was cold the heater didn't work so we we took a propane heater tank in there and put the heat I cannot believe that you did that and we and I, we lay down went to sleep and you knocked on the door and opened up the door and said what are you guys doing in here that'll kill you well, hell we just went to sleep <laughs> I know you if you, had if you hadn't opened up that door we wouldn't be sitting here we'd probably died probably <laughs> So you both owe me now. That was Jeremy's idea. I no, believe- that was your idea. You was on the bottom. You was going to kill me first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was up in the top bunk. I'd have been dead first. Shane, Shane was going to wait till, till Jeremy quit talking to get up and turn the heater off. That's what he was going to do. Jeremy, do you think there might have been some reality to this? Foul play right there. Well, I don't know. Maybe he was planning it on purpose. Well, I didn't have no insurance. Yeah, but he's still not denying it either. Uh, I didn't. I, I mean, wanted, I didn't, he had to have my company on the way back home. <laughs> my GPS back then because I couldn't read a map. <laughs> and we did not Jeremy we still don't know how to read, so yeah. Shane could tell you I could read that map, though. He could read a map. He ne- we never once got lost in that big red truck and had to stop and turn around and go a different direction ever, you know? So, I mean, he did He did good at reading that map. Well, that's, at least he did something good, right? But I could that's keep right. him off the cell phone. Now, back in that day, cell phones <laughs> were just coming out. And um, so we had a cell phone mounted in, in, in that truck. And we never used it. I mean, so we got bored driving to California. I don't, I don't know if we was going to Glamis or going to a race. And uh, so we just decided we'd start calling people. I got home. We had like a $1,200 phone bill or something. My mom wanted to kill me. <laughs> we called everybody we knew. <laughs> That's like three people. Yeah. Oh, we, no. There's more than that. We know more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got another story. So we were in Houston and we racing and we're going back to Corey's house up there at Lagers. We get back and <laughs> I gave about three or four girls the phone number up there at, at the shack. And uh Becky <laughs> pushes the message deal and there's like three or four, hey Jeremy and Corey, what are y'all doing? And the, oh she was mad. <laughs> Remember that Corey? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy always got me in trouble. It's always his fault. That's what Shane says too. So I'm I got big shoulders. You you can you can handle it? I can handle it. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I, I was pretty much living foot of the cross when I met Jeremy. Shane <laughs> rent me. <laughs> he ruined you, huh? You know how he ruined me? He ruined me with Jake for a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> he did that on purpose. 
You talk about taking people out on the track. Well, he took me out before. You got in your head and ruined you, right? No, no, it wasn't getting my head. Taking me out all night. <laughs> Taking you out drinking all night, huh? Shane was drinking water and you were drinking whiskey? No, he didn't go. He sent Jake with me. <laughs> Didn't Jake get all liquored up one night and about want to kill you? Like, were we in Bakersfield or somewhere? No, he wasn't, wasn't killing me. He was going to pull his gun out here. We, me and Shane didn't talk about this story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't know if I don't know if we want to throw Jake under the bus, do we? He's not here to defend himself. He's good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you remember that freaking ruckus you guys had down there at uh, Loretta Lynn's in the at the TT? I do. Yeah, yeah. I can't even I remember you that too. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what year that was. Ninety ninety seven. No, no, no. Did we no, start no. that. It's ninety six or ninety seven because I was in the four stroke place. Yeah, it was. It wasn't ninety seven because I won in ninety seven there, so it must have been ninety six or ninety five somewhere in there. But yeah, I mean, I was leading the race. Um, I think Gary was in second. Uh, Timmy was running third, and, and me and Timmy were running for a championship. I wasn't very far behind him in points going in there. And if, and if I won the race, we were going to be virtually pretty. I think about tied going into the motocross. And some guy from Missouri where we're laughing, imagine this from Missouri. And so I can't even remember what his name was, but he was blowing up and they gave him the blue flag and he didn't move. And they gave it to him on the other side of the track. And he went, as I was passing him, he moved to the right, took me plumb out and, and Gary got by me. And I don't, I don't know if Gary and Timmy both got by me, but I ended up losing the race. And after the race was over, you know, of course I was mad. But I mean, just all hell broke loose, you know. I, I mean, I'm coming off the track, and there were so many people. I look, and um, I, I, somebody had an air tank. Someone hit Jake and had an air tank. Um, but it was like a hundred people, or 150 people, and they were just swinging at everybody. I, I stood there, and I, I'm like, I don't even know who to punch because I don't know who's I don't know who's <laughs> wanting to punch me or who who's me or who's against me. I mean, it was nuts. I mean, it just and then the referee come over because um, it was for the TT, and that's back when we were Loretta for a whole week. And the referee come over and he he told me that I was disqualified and, and uh, Travis Travis Spader and Todd Viscovi went and wrote up this big protest and you know tried to get me kicked out because they were right behind me in points and if I didn't run the motocross they they and they done good they could pass me so they wanted to see me get kicked out too and the referee told me I was kicked out and told me to load up so we were loading up to leave I was putting everything in the box man Dave Coombs comes by as four big Dave died and he said what are you guys doing I said well we're getting we're gonna throw it I said, Russ kicked us out, told us we had to go home. And Dave Coombs said, he said, well, he can't kick you out here. This is my race. I said, well, he's the referee. He said we had to go. Dave said, no, you guys ain't going nowhere. And he said, I'll take care of that. So Dave went back down there and told Russ that we weren't kicked out because Dave was from, you know, obviously from West Virginia. Right? That whole racer production was, you know, from Morgantown, just an hour north of me up where West Virginia University is, which is where I went to college. And, um, so Dave, he and I run all the local district area stuff, which we were we're in District Five. So I was good friends with Dave. And he went up there and he just told him, he said, No, nah, he's not going anywhere. I don't care if fighting's against the rules or whatever, but he's not getting kicked out. So they let me stay and run the motocross. But uh Well, the way I remember it, you didn't start the fight. You just got suckered into it. Well, the race, the fight really started up because I mean, the, as soon as the race ended, 
I mean, I don't even know that I, I'd got off my bike yet and the fight had broke out. I don't know if it broke out because that guy's bike broke down. And I think that the, the fight may have actually started before the race was over. I just finished the race and turned around. And I mean, they were people swinging everywhere. And I'm like, holy cow. So, of course, we all ended up in the middle of it. So, and I, I mean, I knew what it was about. I mean, he, he basically took me out. And I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't know that he did it all. The guy did it on purpose. But, I mean, he had the blue flag two or three times. And he, uh, he should have got out of the way. But, you know, he's racing too. So, I mean, and it depends on how you look at that, you know. I mean, yeah, if you're getting a blue flag, do you hold your line? Do you move out of the way? I mean, if you move out of the way, I mean, you take a chance of doing what he did and run me off the track, or do you just hold your line? It's I don't know. I mean, you've seen well, it happen. If we're talking blue flag, <clears throat> what about Daytona with Hetrick? Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we've seen the exact same thing just happen with with, with Joel down at uh, down at Daytona. Me and Jeremy were actually there, standing there watching, and. Um, Joel was clearly had the race under control and he caught two guys racing side by side and they were racing for like eighth place maybe. And, you know, and, 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 and honestly coming down that long front straightaway, I don't, you know, when you're racing side by side, someone, they probably do. I don't even know if they saw the blue flag, you know, um, but they didn't get out of the way. And, and Joel ended up kind of landing on the side of one of them and uh, took himself out or someone took him out. However you want to look at it. Um, which is bad because, you know, with the way Joe and Chad race, I mean, they finished first and second every race now. So, I mean, really dug Joe a, a big hole to get out of, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, should the guy got out of the way or, or did he even know Joe was there? I mean, honestly, you're supposed to pay attention to the, to the flags. Um, it's just a bad deal either way. And I'm, I'm sure at, uh, I mean, luckily it's the first race because, the one thing about Joe Hetrick, he's fast enough to make it up if anybody can, but he'll probably need a little bit of luck from Ch um, from Chad. And you know, Chad doesn't Chad doesn't ever run worse than second. So and Chad's got his program dialed, and his bikes are good, and he's in good shape. You yeah, thirty seven years old. You'd think he's still in his twenties. He's a stud, man. He's a big boy, and. And he's, and I'll be honest when, and Jeremy will tell you this, when we looked at him and I don't, I don't know how long it's been since, since Corey saw him, but man, he was skinny at Daytona. I mean, this is, might be the skinniest I've ever seen Chad, but, uh, I mean, he's going to go down since they split this series from just straight to motocross. I don't know how anyone else that even been in the conversation is going down to being as good as, as Chad or even on Chad's level. I mean, he's won this thing. I don't know how many years in a row now. Um, seven times. Yeah, and and there's a couple other Not times. Consecutive, but but still seven times is seven times. Yeah, and and there's a couple other years. He, he I think he had it in the bike one year and he hurt his back. Um, had to miss a couple races, and the one year that he did lose it to Joel, he broke a chain, um, or the master link from off or something happened. But I mean, he could easily add up nine, ten championships already. I mean, that's that's impressive. So, and, and, and I mean, he's beat Joel and Joel's. I mean, right now, I think Joel's faster than Chad, but I mean, you—it's a ten—it's a ten race series or whatever, so it doesn't matter who the fastest is when you're running a series. You've got to run all ten races, you know. I think Joel's been faster for a few years. Uh, there again, when you guys were racing against Denton, I don't think Gary was necessarily faster than all you guys. I think Gary just was smarter. He was an opportunist yeah. as well. Gary was good. I mean, Gary was good. The, the things that I think Gary done really well was he got starts. I mean, he got really good starts. He always did. He had Wayne Henson in his corner. Um, and that, 
that definitely doesn't hurt when you got him. Um, but Gary was, I mean, he, he I always called him the golden boy. He lived in California. He got all the sponsors. He could ride all year long where the rest of us couldn't. And, you know, and, and Gary likes to, he likes to say now, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying, and Gary won't say it either, that, that today's riders are probably better than we were, but it was way more competitive back then. Cause I mean, like Gary will say when once Gary finally lost the championship or whatever to Timmy, there was six, six or seven of us guys that Gary was racing against that went on to win the championship that Gary had to race against. I mean, you could really juggle points around back then, you know, because you know, Corey could win a motocross race, you know, Corey could win high point one weekend. And then the next weekend, maybe Corey could finish sixth or seventh. And that's a 15 point swing. The way the points are set up now, that's not going to happen because I mean, they do points per motos and, and you're not going to see Joe or Joe or Chad, unless they completely break, you're not going to see those guys ever run fifth, sixth, seventh place. There's just not that many guys that can put them back there. Well, you know, Jeremy, you were there. So I want your opinion on this too. What do you think of some of the guys like the Ford brothers and Lindquist um, and Wolf uh, and the other young man, I forget his name. I apologize. uh, They got second. You know, what do you think of some of those guys? I mean, they're, uh, I watched a video on the Ford brothers, uh, you know, on Bryce and that kid was on fire. And I thought it was Joel for a little while until I realized that Joel was in third uh, chasing him. So um, what do you guys think? Well, I think that, you know, they're, they're talented. They're going to be good in their time. But when, like for me, I haven't watched the ATV motocross in years. So my eyes were glued on the top two. I mean, they're going, they're rolling. Right. Did the other guys no comparison? No. I mean, no, no. I mean, half a track. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he, the lap times, I mean, they did in, in, in Ford, uh, the number four on Ford, uh, Bryce, Bryce, I think it is. Yes. He, he qualified. If I remember right, he was, he might've been fast qualifier or second fast qualifier, second fast. I think Joel might've been first, but he was second. Top four was really close. Um, I think the kid's got some talent. I mean, he's by, you know, he's going to run. It's right now. It's it's one and two. It's Joe and Chad and nobody else. Um, he's going to have his day. He will yeah. have his day. I mean, you're right now. If you want to go to the races, and it's going to be a good race from third back, and it's going to be you know Nick uh, Janus is going to, is in there. The kid that got second. Yeah. Uh, the uh, number two that's uh, Max. Max. Yeah, Max. And then you got the, the one Ford boy, the number four. Um, and you got Wesley. Um, those guys are going to, they're going to battle up and they're going to have some really good races, but they're really going to have to pick it up to catch those other two guys. And I'm not knocking those guys. I mean, those guys, those, those guys from third, uh, third on back, I mean, they're good riders. They are. But think, Chad, Chad Joel was just level. I think Chad's just a lot smarter. Everybody has a lot more experience right now. Joel has just some pure talent and speed, you know, and those, those guys are going to have to figure out one of the two of them catch up to catch up to those two, basically. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it, but here's the thing, Joel, I mean, Joel's been racing for a long time. I mean, Joel was racing with me and Corey was, um, as a little kid on those nineties and those little bikes. And he was always fast. Mm-hmm. 
and he's got to win it to win a championship. I mean, he's got to be able to get through all 10 races. I mean, he didn't have to win Daytona. He won the first moto. I mean, he would have, he would have got by, uh, stuck with those lap guys and Chad could have got by him. I mean, he was still going to time for points. Um, so, I mean, that was, that hurt Joel. I mean, he really, and here's the thing. I mean, he could slow down and pass those guys whenever, cause he passed Chad and he left Chad. I mean, he put eight, 10 seconds on Chad and just a few laps. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was first race and it was just, a probably got a little anxious. Wish Joel would wait a little bit longer, but you know, either way, I mean, I like both of those guys. I like Chad and I like Joel both, you know, and I just want to see him have good races. I think, I think Joel was, I think from, well, I mean, no kind of seeing Joel ride and stuff. I think he got out past Chad. I think he just wanted to beat him by as much as he could to kind of prove a point. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. That's, that's what we thought too. You know, I mean, he didn't, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he beats Chad by 30 seconds or if he beats him by one second. I mean, that's all they remember is he won. So, you know, but I, I mean, yeah, he did, he wanted to prove a point. It was the first race out. And, and he was uh, on the Yamaha. But Chad's, Chad's smart enough to, to, to go first round. I don't want to do anything stupid and I'll, I'll walk away from me. I'll get seconds to get points and I'll come back next race stronger and, and fight for a win. Yeah. Like, and that's why he's got seven or eight championships, you know, cause he knows, he, he knows when to push and he knows when to just kind of put it in there and cruise and t- take what he's got. You know, you're not going to win every race. So what does that sound like Corey? Sounds like freaking an old, a younger version of Chad when he was winning in Glen Helen and broke the bike right out from underneath him because he wanted to humiliate the rest of the field. Sounds like Chad for about three or four years is when he's turned pro. Yeah. You know, uh, Joel's trying to make a statement. In, instead of running the number one plate, he's burning some of his years because he's overriding the machine he doesn't need to he's told joel has a bunch of talent and speed he doesn't need to do that though but he i I think he just wants to go out in there and be number one and be the best be the fastest guy i don't think he's overriding the machine i think he's not right no if he can override he just makes some silly mistakes every now and then yeah well that's that's a better way of putting it probably yeah wow i just praised you I'm, I must be sick. <laughs> it was good though. I'll tell you, we went to, that's the first time I watched him at Daytona and it was, um, I liked it. It was good. It was kind of cool that the, the only, that that was just a pro event. Really. Um, I kind of, I kind of like that because, you know, you, in, you know, the first day when me and Jeremy went there, you know, we, we talked to, we talked to, you know, Chad and we talked to Joel and, and, um, got to hang out and with some people on the races pretty quick, but, um, I liked it. It was good. I don't, I don't, I don't really care a whole lot for the track. It's super, super narrow. It's a dirt bike track. Um, and they ride it well They and they make it good and they, and they rode the track. Well, I mean, like all the guys, right. I mean, they do the, the jumps and stuff and they all go fast, but, um, it, it, it does, it, it's so narrow and it's so hard to pass. And if that would have been another motocross track, if they'd have been at, you know, Glen Helen or High Point or somewhere like that, I mean, that situation would have never happened because, you know, one, they get the lap times are so much longer. They would, he, Joe would have never been up lapping the sixth place guy or whatever place they were in. But, um, and plus there's enough room. You, you can actually get by people that have to 
really force the issue. So, but it was, it was a fun, it was a fun event. What do you think would happen if they were to take the pro quads and put them on the same weekends at the same tracks with the pro bikes? On like the outdoors. Yep. I see. I don't know that you could do it. I mean, they did it a few times and I'm pretty sure that Corey did it. Uh, it's I still, I didn't did you, yeah. See, and I, I the, the problem I had is they have to work the track, you know, because the, the four wheelers, because they, they drag so bad in the ruts and then it kind of slows them down and they can't carry a lot of corner speed and it slows them down. I think, I mean, if they want to go smooth the corners out and do it, it'd be fine. But you get so much slack from these dirt bike guys. Um, about the ATVs, uh, and, it, and it's always been that way. You know, when I would go to our local tracks, you know, it's crazy because growing up, I rode with some good motorcycle riders at times. Some some guys that rode in the pro class that were really good, and they never gave me any problem about the ATVs. They liked them, thought they was cool. It's the it's the guys that think they're fast. You know, these A riders and fast B riders and stuff that always want to bitch about the ruts. And I'm like, you guys can't ride the ruts anyway. You know, you but. But the guys, the guys that are really fast, um, they never really said much. But I, I just think it's too hard. I don't know. Corey may know better than I did because he actually did it with did it at Steel City. So. Well, Steel City was a little bit different the year I rode it because they went out. We ran in the morning, from what I remember, and the track was pretty well groomed. It was a little wet, so it was a little ruddy and stuff, but it wasn't too bad. But um, I know we've talked about. Like, I remember one year, I think Doug and I walked Glenn Helen at the National and we were kind of talking about it and stuff. And the biggest thing is, you know, I've, I've ridden Glen Helen a lot, like a local race with dirt bikes and stuff. But when they do an outdoor national, they prep the track for days before the event. They till it, they get water, and the track's super soft. So it gets really, really ruddy. Um, the biggest thing is the jumps. The jumps, when they get rutted out, it, you know, it is on a quad. You can't really hit those, hit those things. Um, but when you go out and ride the dirt bikes, like at a local race, I mean, you guys probably done a little bit, but the first lap or two is pretty sketchy with the ruts and the turns or anything. You're dragging everything and you kind of have to get a beat in, but by the second lap or third lap, it's pretty well beat in for a quad. It's not too bad if you have enough guys, you know, um, I ran the four stroke national a couple of times at Glen Helen and that's how it was. It was all dirt bikes. And then they had two quad classes and the first lap or two was pretty sketchy, but after that, then it kind of got beat in. It wasn't too bad, but the jumps are probably the worst thing with the ruts. The turns get not too bad. You can mow them down after a couple laps, but the jumps never kind of recover. Why, why don't they prep the tracks? And, and, and I'm talking to you guys more so than the knowledge I have of it, but why don't they do it like the old days? Do you remember, do you remember Carlsbad, Corey? I, I never got a ride at Carlsbad. I always wanted to, but I never got a ride there. Hey, when I was younger, yes, I'm much younger than, I'm much older than you guys. Um, we would go to Carlsbad to race and they'd turn the water system on and water the track. And that's all they did. They never took a tractor out there. They never freaking did anything. They let that motocross track form itself. And it was different every time you rode it because of the way practice went and the way it dried the time of year. Um, and there was no grooming. That was a beaded up old motocross track with giant freaking holes in it and whoops. And when you raced ATVs there, it was the same way, you know, cause I, I got to race motorcycles there, three wheelers and four wheelers. 
I think, it, I think it depends on the promoter too. And what event, you know, some, sometimes they groom the track a bunch sometimes they don't. I mean, you go to Loretta Lens for the, for the amateur dirt bike nationals and they go out and groom, you know, a section every, between every moto or two, you know, and they keep working their way around and ATE races, you know, they'll, they'll groom something that gets bad, but our groom at night, you know, um, I mean, it kind of depends on the promoter and what the track conditions are, but yeah, as far as not grooming it, like you're saying, and just water, I always felt like that was the way to go because it's like the track got rough, kind of got one line, but once that one line got rough enough, everybody would figure out another way around and make another line. It made it more passive eventually, you know, it took a little while. I just, I just think that the riders of today, I know you said that they're better than, than we were, than you guys were Shane, but I think the riders of today have gotten lulled into a false sense of, you know, they're kind of pampered because the tracks are so much better taken care of for them. Uh, so they're not going out and riding really rough stuff. Oh no. I mean, they, I, I guess the whole world has changed, you know I mean? Everybody wants everything pampered. I mean, they see, they play these video games and the tracks look perfect on video games. And so they, when they go to the racetrack, they expect them to be perfect. Um, you know, and everybody expects a trophy. So I don't, I don't know. It's just the way, it's just the way it is. You know, I, mean, I think it's hurt the sport. You know, I think it's hurt, not just, I think it's hurt all, hurt all outdoor sports, you know, cause I mean, to be good at something, I mean, you got to work. I mean, I, I know that, um, a lot of the guys that we raced with or had a lot more talent than I did, but they, and they would come and they would go, they, you know, they didn't work that hard. And, you know, today, I mean, you kind of see that these kids born, these great big fancy motorhomes and stuff. And uh, if they don't do good, you know, by the next year, they're off doing something else. Um, so, you know, I think you see it even on the motorcycle side of it. You don't see there's not as many tracks around where, where I live now. There used to be tracks all over. and We don't have any tracks now. So kids don't ride back here. And I guess they rather play video games and. And uh, when they crash, they hit reset. So, <laughs> wouldn't Jeremy? Wouldn't you have loved to have a reset button? Oh yeah, I needed a lot of them. <laughs> He'd have used up all his lives in practice. Yeah, this ain't yeah. Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you're killing me, Smalls. You freaking just killing. Me. I don't know. I mean, it was fun. And I know that, you know, like I won high point one year and I think Corey won it two or three times. Corey was really good at high point. Um, Jeremy, we get to talking about Jeremy and, and I forget that Jeremy, I mean, I honestly, cause I know him for so long that I forget that Jeremy spent half, half of his lifetime out there in California racing. Um, yeah, you know, like, out here. yeah, Jeremy went out no, there. And I racing. left in 2000. So, yeah. So you, you raced California in 2000. Yeah, I went to California in 2000. I quit for a year, and then the Cannondale come out. Right. So, so Jeremy spent yeah. quite a bit of time out there. Jeremy, do you remember what the best you ever did at a TT was? No, what now? The best finish you ever had at a TT. I don't remember. In the, in the pro class? Yeah. I don't know. 20th, maybe? No. I think he got a, I think he got a fifth once. I don't know. 
Should have won. Go out I would win the supermod class and win the qualifier to pro class, and then win the supermod in the in the main, and then just I don't know what happened in the pro class. <laughs> Every time, I know what happened. Well, it's in. Let us know what's up. <laughs> you, you told him how to set his bike up and, and, and told him to do it wrong, right? Uh, I never, you know, I never did help Jeremy work on his TT bike. I don't believe. I don't think I ever helped Corey. Corey had good stuff. Corey, Corey I mean, Corey had some good TT finishes, didn't you, Corey? Yeah, I got on the podium a couple times, and that was. I always did feel like I did good in the infield and then I got in the outfield and then Shane would just weigh hundred pounds less than me would just leave me. But I felt like I could always, I felt like I could always kind of outride everybody in the infield pretty good, but the straightaways, I just was too heavy. I, I like TTs a lot. I thought it was really good. And, you know, it, to me, it translated over to the motocross when I got hard pack really well, you know, just ride, how you ride the bike at a TT. And I always like, I always enjoy TTs. I love TT. I thought it was fun. That was yeah, that was I like liked, you know, I like that's why I like the stadium races better because it's a mix, yeah, of motocross and TT. Yeah, I mean that that, that was when I went to Ashtabula last year. You know, when, or was that two years almost ago? Now when they had the 50th anniversary, I had a, I had a blast out there running that thing, and I was riding a motocross bike. I had a ton of fun. It was just I I always liked the TTs. I thought they're they're fun. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I kind of. I kind of look at that deal and someone said to me one time about, you know, putting them back together. I said, I think the, the biggest, I, think, I did, I hated when they split the series I, and I, I still, I mean, I know why they did it. I mean, motocross and TT, I mean, they are completely different. Um, and, and, and I know when they did it and why they did it were because the AMA had that Doug Morse going to the races and, and they split them. I think it was around 2003 and, and the economy was good. Um, the, the rider counts were really good. But, and, and then, you know, Yamaha and Suzuki Han all started making four wheelers again. So that, so the, the numbers were up and that Doug Morse had AM, AMA contested. It was, you know, he was doing a great job or something. So the numbers were up, but it was technically, it was, I think it was because the, the economy was really good. And then they split the series. And, you know, now I think you're seeing that the riders, the rider counts, are, are, I mean, they're three, 400 on TT and, and, and they're saying they're getting 500 on motocross, but I would have to see that. Um, they, I don't, they, they're counting, in, they're counting entries, not riders. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if they, they really, I mean, originally when that series was designed, I mean, you know, way back, I mean, they did it for a reason. They did it because when they ran TTs, they'd get, you know, 150 riders and they did motocross, they get 150 riders, but if they run them together, they could get 300. So, you know, and a promoter would, would, you know, they would, they would promote events. They could get 300 riders, but no promoter wants to, to promote event and get 150 riders. Cause you're one, you're not gonna make any money. So I still think they should, I mean, it'd be nice to see them put it back together. And, and, uh, me and Timmy always really pushed to, to kind of keep it together. Um, we were, you know, it was, it kind of felt like it was Timmy and myself against Doug and Joe, cause they were really, they really wanted to split. And we tried to keep it together. And, you know, our argument was, hey, listen, if you want to win the motocross championship, you can. You know, you can be the motocross champion or you can be the TT champion or you can you can win them both and be the grand national champion. Because at the end of the day, if you was the motocross champion, 
you got paid for that. I mean, because they took so much money AMA did for the motocross races. And at the end of the year, you got paid for that. The same as you did the TT, you just got a little bit more to be the grand national champion when they added them together. But I don't know. They wanted it split. They split it. And, um, if they put it back together now, there's no doubt. I mean, Joe Hetrick, he'd be a terror. Well, he, he rides motocross like he's riding a TT. Um, he would, he would be deadly on TT, but, um, I don't know. You'll, you'll never see that together. I'd like to see those guys, maybe make them at least have to do one TT a year or something, you know, but they'll never do it. Well, you remember the old days? Well, maybe you guys don't, but the old days in motorcycle racing, there was multiple disciplines and they would run X a number of races per year in different disciplines, you know, asphalt, TT, um, flat track, and, and they didn't have motocross back then. So what would happen if you start a series where you're two, 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 you got two motocross rounds, two TT rounds, two off-road rounds, two desert rounds and two cross country rounds, you know, yeah. and one guy that the best guy wins the title. Right. Problem is, is you'd have, they'd have to be on the West coast because I don't know where you could find, I mean, it'd be so much traveling, you know, but well, I would like the whole thing about being a national champion is traveling across the country to do it. I know. Yeah, See, it's, nobody, tra- nobody wants to travel across country. I mean, look how many people West coast are racing nationals, ATV nationals or GNCCs or how many people come out and race works and get one or two guys, maybe, you know, every year. Yeah, I mean, hard. back in 2004, 2006, 2008, when, when they were getting really high numbers, you were getting guys from California to come do the nationals. You, you're not getting anybody now and you can't get any, nobody from here goes and does the works. Um, it's crazy, but I, I mean, I agree. It's always, you know, they've always called the, you know, you're the national champion or whatever, but basically it's just the East coast, you know, kind of like the works is on the West coast. So uh, I think I did have fun racing on the West Coast, though. That was fun. Works racing, ITP racing was fun. Oh, yeah. So, and, and the motocross. We had a blast. Nothing like the, the, the back east motocross tracks, are they? Mm-mm. No. No, I, 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 I think if you could get some of the – well, Corey, you and I talked about it with how Glenn Helen was for the national versus the regular time, and it was a different machine. It was a different place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely they would, they always, you know, did a lot more work and built it up a little bit more and stuff for that. I mean, same thing they do for the, for the dirt bike national, you go to the dirt bike national and it's the week after they run and tracks totally different and, you know, they put some money into it and time into it. Well, you know, Lori's pretty smart. She's been running that thing for quite a while and she's got it figured out to make it, to make it make money for her, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Right. Shane's making money. Yeah. You- Somebody's going to make money. It won't be us racers, but somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Does Glenn Helen even run four wheelers anymore? Yes. Uh, Not really on the motocross track. They don't pretty much let him out there anymore. I think uh, the decline of that was John Natale getting in a fight out there with one of the dirt bike, I think Alessi or somebody. They got in a big argument. And since then, it's pretty much. She kind of quit letting quads ride on Thursdays, and I don't think you can ride on Saturdays anymore. I don't think you can ride the REM track, but not the national track. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's hurt the West Coast a lot because that used to be 
I mean, when I moved to California, that was, I'd go every Thursday and Saturday, they had practice. I mean, everybody did. And that's, you know, you know, if lacrosse is running, that's, you knew you always knew you could go there and ride, you know, now, now you don't have that or you, know, you can go there and ride the Lucas track, which is a TT or go ride the RM track, which is really sketchy because sometimes you don't know if someone's going the wrong way on it, you know? So. <laughs> wow. Well, and that, 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 hurt, that hurts racing period. Because I mean, if, if guys haven't got a place to ride, you know, they find other things to do, especially if you live in California. I mean, next thing you know, they'll, they'll go by a boat or a jet ski or go to the river or go out to Glamis or something. And I mean, they've got to have places to ride. And I think even back here, our local, uh, a couple of our local tracks have shut down and, you know, I mean, just, it's just, it's killing numbers, you know? So I wish some of these tracks had opened back up. Yeah. You, you don't have, especially with the quad people, you don't have a consistent base or a consistent group that will go train on a specific day during the week or on a weekday or weekend day, you know, so you can't get them all there on a Saturday. You can't get them all there on a Monday to make it worth the promoter to do it, you know, or the owner of the track. Because if you yeah. can get a real commitment out of an ATV guy to show up and practice and you get 30 or 40 of them, then it would work. But you, you never get that. No, no, I understand. Well, back here, though, we got enough room to have a, our own track in our backyard, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not, you don't have to pay to ride. There, there's, there's some tracks, you know, like down there in Florida now, there's another place that opened up called Decker. At Decker, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you seen it, Corey? Yeah, I've seen it. And they're, I mean, they're letting four-wheelers ride a lot there. And then uh, just a little bit northeast of me, there's a place in Pennsylvania called Breezewood. And uh, they're, they're right now, they're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But during the summer, they open up on Mondays, too. And uh, they got three tracks there. And I can go up there and, and ride my four-wheeler, and they'll be, uh, there's always a ton of four-wheelers. There's, there's a bunch of guys up there riding three-wheelers now. and. <laughs> I, you know, I took my kid up, my kids up there probably two years ago. We went up there to ride. We pulled in as three or four three wheelers around. They'd never even seen one before. And they're like, Dad, look at that three wheeler. I've never seen one other than a, <laughs> a magazine. Oh, they're like, Man, look at that. That's a three wheeler. So, so they, they're, they, and they get a good turnout. And that guy up there, he just, he, he lets him ride. So, but a lot of these motocross tracks, they don't, they don't let them ride. So, I'm going to race four wheelers. A lot of these places you have to, uh, you have to have your own place to ride and crazy as crazy as it sounds. I mean, I grew up and raced, you know, all those years and I never even had my own track. I always had to go somewhere. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why, you know, GNCC, you know, keeps doing so good because those guys, it's basically to go, you know, they can kind of go play right in the woods and, you know, some am amateur guys at least, you know, and there's a race every weekend somewhere too. You don't need a track to go to. And, practice it's a little different we, we you know living living where i do there is um you know obviously i'm close to the gncc setup because of you know coombs is you know run that deal on there you know our but there's three or four um cross country series around our area that run and there's you know they run every weekend so um you know if a kid wants to race woods racing he can go ride in the woods all he wants to um and, and, you know, and it doesn't take much. You can walk into a Yamaha dealer and pick up a new Yamaha four-wheeler, you know, throw a few little things on it and you can go race that thing. And, and, and that's why the GNCC series is, 
I think their numbers are up 20 or 30% this year. Um, but the motocross stuff will be down because there's just three and any tracks really, you know, there's three or four tracks, you know, there's one, unless you have your own. So I don't know, but the GNCC stuff, Corey can tell you because he sells tires, but I think that GNCC stuff's done really well, but the motocross thing, I don't know. I mean, I, they haven't had any races this year other than just the pro race at Daytona, so I don't know how well they're doing, but I don't know that they'll be able to keep the numbers GNCC does. Yeah, I don't think any of them are going to do the GNCC numbers. You know, Works Works isn't doing half bad. Their pro class is growing. Um, some of their lower classes are doing okay uh, as far as the, the, the numbers are up a little. Um, we'll see how it all turns out. You know, I mean, the best thing about COVID is the fact that I think it's rejuvenated people's desire to ride their ATVs, their motorcycles and their UTVs, you know, get them outside, get them doing the family thing again. Um, because I know our business is just flat wide open. I can't, I can't do any more. That's how busy we are. I mean, it's just, when you get done with the end of the day, the stack of items that you still need to build or prepare to ship for the next day is still larger than you can handle for that day. So you're always behind, um, that portion of it's good. And most of it's all recreational stuff. You know, the, the, the racing thing is hurting, um, in some aspects and in other aspects, it's not. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, just about everybody I talk to says the same thing. You know, if you talk to Baldwin or, you know, I don't know, Corey can probably tell you about tires and stuff, but those guys, I mean, they're just covered up. Um, I don't know where this stuff goes. Um, it's going somewhere. It's, it's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they're all, they all say, you know, like Wayne, I mean, he's, he's way behind on shocks and, you know, you go to the nationals and of course we, we just watched the pro race, but only two or three guys in the pro class running his shocks. But I'm I mean, obviously there's a bunch of amateurs, but I mean, there's people are buying stuff and, and it's going somewhere. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely helped outdoor stuff. What you, what is it your field, Corey? I mean, as far as the tire sales go, are you guys having trouble supplying? Um, yeah, with with the COVID stuff, you know, when it first hit, we we started pulling back just because we didn't know what was going to happen. And then once everything started selling, the distributors, the distributors, I think, were still a little leery, and so they didn't order stuff for a while, and they kind of went through their stock, and then there was a mad rush to get stuff. And now the problem's been shipping. Shipping's has been trying to get product. Cause pretty much everybody's stuff's made overseas, you know, somewhere or another. And just trying to get stuff on boats right now is just about impossible. I mean, we got tons and tons of product in order and we just can't, we can't get it here. It's made, it's sitting there. It's just trying to get it here. But the, the numbers last year for sales, like, I mean, like, like you're saying, Lenny, it's just was, was one of the best years we've had in a while. You know, I mean, there's everybody's buying stuff. It's crazy. Well, the two stroke pipe industry is kind of rejuvenated. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah crazy. You know, I'm going through all of the, the, the majors, you know, the T the ATC 250 R the TRX 250 R the Banshee, um, you know, the LT 500, uh, the ones that we can still do are uh, you can't keep them on the shelf. I mean, they're just, oh, yeah. pardon. You guys are still making them. Yep. 
Yeah, I know. Cause I mean, I, I have people call me all the time looking for, looking for sparks pipes and I hoarded a few over the years. So I've got a few there, but I, I mean, I won't, I won't sell them because Curtis don't make them. Right. And, uh, got on the, well, I think it was on Facebook or something the other day. And one of those TRX websites, cause I'm building them a Lager chassis and someone had a sparks pipe for $1,250. And I had like seven of them. Um, and that, you know, some of them, that was a hand combed, uh, three thirty pipe with a silencer. And, but all of them were like five hundred bucks. And I'm like, it's crazy. I, I don't even remember what that, what they cost new, but I know they weren't 1200 bucks. So I don't know. And this is the crazy part about it. Somebody out there's going to buy it. Yeah. 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 Wayne had, had one of Curtis's hand combed pipes hanging in his shop and he, he swore he'd never sell it. Some guy walked in there and asked him what he wanted for it. And Wayne said, $10,000. And the guy said, no, seriously, what do you want for it? He said, I'll give you, I can't remember if the guy said 1500 or 2000 bucks or whatever. And, uh, Wayne said, seriously. And he said, yeah. And Wayne said, all right, get her down. And I, I told Wayne, I said, I wish you hadn't done that. Cause I would have bought it. So, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you you just given him an IOU and never paid him. <laughs> I just bought a frame from him in, in uh, uh, some plastic and stuff, and I found I needed I wanted stock Honda plastic, and trying to find that stuff is is, is tough. And I found I found a set of uh, a new set in Phoenix, Arizona. I had to get it shipped to me, and it ended up costing me about eighteen hundred fifty dollars for a set of rear plastic. Um, I had brand new fronts. You know, but, and, but I, I needed a rear and I didn't want to put mare or something like that on it. And, and there was a, and there's another guy in Michigan who said, Oh, I got some still up here and brand new white ones in the box. He said, I'll take 2000 bucks for them. Like, oh, and I hate to do that, but what do you do if you're trying to build a bike from ground up? And Well, if you were a traditionalist and you're building a traditional build, you're going to pay whatever they ask. Oh, I know. I know I'm stupid. Not well, it's dude, <laughs> Jeremy, you, you can laugh all you want. You, it's your buddy. So, and he's what, a couple it, tiers higher than you on the freaking smart level. Jeremy's just laughing because <laughs> Holly hasn't got the, got the credit card statement yet. Holly paid for that, not Shane. <laughs> well, hey, Shane must be crying because he turned off his camera. <laughs> Are you in trouble now, Shane? Oh, I've I've heard a few cuss words over this build. So, <laughs> I mean, I bought this thing from Wayne, you know, and I bought the frame from him. Never been powder coated, brand new, you know. Had a arm, swing arm, all that stuff, you know. And just trying to chase down parts. I mean, people are like five thousand dollars for a or not five five hundred dollars for a rear caliper or, or you know five hundred dollars for a front caliper you know and, the, and i don't know where these how these people still have this stuff brand new but you know what do you do i mean you got to pay for it i'm gonna have twenty five thousand dollars in this thing and i'm thinking it's going i mean it's brand new every piece on is brand new but hell i might be scared to ride it we built don't one ride it. we built one for a magazine a lobo it's all brand new and and refurbished, but mostly brand new. Ungodly price tag, and it will never touch the dirt. Yeah, that's that's way. I mean, I was lucky enough to find brand new engine cases. Um, you know, and and then of course, Curtis did my cylinder, but I ain't got it, so I'm still wondering about <laughs> that. 
Wayne did me brand new shocks. I ain't got them. That's the only thing I'm really missing is my shocks and my cylinder right now. Um, but you know, I, I, you're able to find me brand new air box. I mean, I'm able to find pretty much every single part brand new. Um, but you got to pay for it. Yep. So, and you know, and, and I want it to be right. I'm not going to just, you know, have it all, you know, get it three quarters of the way done and then just mess it up now. So you're not going to um, do it, Jeremy. I'm not going to do that, Jeremy. Oh, I'm going to ride it. No, I don't think he's going to let you. Holly won't let me ride it. I don't blame her. (laughs) I don't blame her one bit. And it were He'd get arm pumped before the thing got warmed up. I know. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I'd get arm pumped looking at it. (laughs) What was the last time you rode, Jeremy? Hmm. 07, end of 07. Wow, really? I don't ride anymore. I got a, I have a dirt bike. What do you have for, what do you have for quads still? Uh, the Yamaha and the Honda. 50s. Just sitting in the garage doing nothing? Mm-hmm. You don't want to ride them anymore? What's up? I don't want to ride. It's wow. a drug. <laughs> Yeah, but it's you gotta put it better. Down. it's better than drinking all the beer you drink, I'm sure. Well, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fall in love and get married. I can't water. get hurt. I can't I, I can't get hurt. I gotta run this place here. Don't fall off. You heard what Shane said. I did, but I'm just saying don't fall <laughs> off, man. No. Shane, Shane, why don't you give him a lesson or two? No way. I ain't helping him. He's competition. (laughs) (laughs) I had I had Jake take him out every night. Uh, (laughs) Corey got involved a few times too. Yeah. Corey was an angel child until he met you guys. Yeah, he was not. (laughs) You know, Corey, this I'm gonna tell you something about Corey. Corey is very quiet, you know, talk very much, but you get a couple of drinks in him, it's on. <laughs> I know the, this ago, guy, where did he come from? I know it's under his skin somewhere. Where did he come from? <laughs> uh, Corey's not denying it, so it must be true. It's the truth. I'm not going to lie. That was 20 years ago. Different, though. Oh, okay. Probably. <laughs> Leopard, Leopard never changes his spots. <laughs> Is your wife home, Corey? No, not right now, but she'll probably listen to this eventually. So I'll be in trouble when she hears it. Well, she wasn't married to you, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter, does it, Corey? No, it doesn't matter. That's, doesn't why, matter. That, that's why that fool's been divorced five times. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you rent me. <laughs> what to you? <laughs> Shane rent me. That's what's wrong with me. <laughs> I don't think Shane had anything to do with what's yes, wrong with Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did too. I took him to California. He got, uh, he fell in love with some girl, and I think he married her sister. Is that? <laughs> Is that? 
He fell in love with a girl and married her sister. Was the isn't, quote. That, isn't that what happened? Yeah, that is Probably. what happened. He fell in love with a girl and he married her sister. Is yeah. exactly what happened. <laughs> California be with one chick and you married the sister or something, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I thought you kind of confused me there for a second. I thought maybe he didn't. I was losing faith in him. No, you're 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 you did good. <laughs> no, you have children with both of them? No. They were twins. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't sure which one he was with. <laughs> and this is all the, the stuff that we can talk about. Oh, man. Oh. You know what, gentlemen? I have really, really enjoyed this. And, and, I want to make sure that I extend the invitation because I want you to all come back. Jeremy, I'd like to sit down and talk with you individually about some racing and Corey and I have already talked and I've already asked Shane to come back on. Um, and maybe we can get you guys together again and maybe we could talk some racing the next time we get on here. We, well, could we need to be there. We need to come to California. Well, why do we, why do we want to go to California for? Well, I want to fly. I ain't driving this time. <laughs> well, drive, you buying you a ticket. You drove out here like a couple months ago, and all you want to do is when you got here is go yeah, home. That, and we said we weren't never going to do it again. <laughs> well, no, isn't that right, Shane? You got here, and then as soon as you got here, you wanted to go home. That's the only one to do. Because you beat yeah. me to death in that side by side, man. <laughs> I was hurt. <laughs> for two days and then he all he did is complain about oh my back my back hurts yeah well well here's what happened Lenny. Corey calls me and says can you run through there and pick up the hit and i he, he i said all right I'll, I'll pick him up and uh so i pick him up and he says well he said i gotta go to the gym and work out and i said whoa, 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 whoa. going to gym so we're going out to california so we had to stop at i don't know every planet fitness or something between here and California so he could work out. Well, Shane slept in the truck. Did it help, Jeremy? Yeah. Are you sure? Logan went with me. I didn't sleep in the truck. I went and filled up yes, the gas. Did. I, come in beat, I had to beat the window out to get you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome if we could all get together and and do this, you know, when next time you guys want to schedule a trip out, um, maybe we'll all end up at Corey's. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Cause Alan needs to be in this too. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll find we'll, him. Yeah. We'll find him Cause he's freaking hiding somewhere. I, I, think, was, I think they're talking about it was a big part of a lot of these, you know, we, we uh, I, I plan on coming back out. Probably Jeremy says he's got a, pick cotton or something, watermelons or something down there. So whenever picking season's over, we'll head back out there to Corey's. Cause I love it up Corey's. The Corey lives up there where Corey's at. It's beautiful up there. Um, so we like to go up there and go riding and, and if nothing else, just hang out. But, and, and we could fly out and, and uh, meet somewhere. And, and I don't even care if we flew into Vegas, we could drive over to California and meet you somewhere. And Corey could come with us or whatever, but um I don't care. I mean, it would be a good time for sure. Well, we need to just get Jeremy to fix his quad and then you could bring one of yours too, Shane. Right quads too. 
Bring your dirt bike. I quit. Bring your dirt bike. I quit. I got a thumb throttle on my dirt bike. I don't even. I don't even know what to say to that. Do you wear a pink tutu as well? That explains a lot about Jeremy. Oh, uh, totally. I can't run a twist. You can. You just are scared of it or something. I don't know. No, I cannot run a twist. And ain't you can't them either. So what makes a damn difference? I just hold that wide open. Twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Just yeah. Unless you're gonna wreck, just pull the clutch in. Mm. <laughs> definitely, he definitely knows how to use it that. Sure. It doesn't work. Obviously, pulling the clutch in and holding the gas, it doesn't work for Jeremy. You know? Mm. <laughs> no brakes. No brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys are killing me. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. Um, I'll get you, I'll get with each of you and let you know when this is going to air. And uh, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming on. So thank you, Shane. Thank you, Corey. Um, uh, you guys are awesome, and I really appreciate your time. And um, thanks for being part of the history. You know, really, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Um, there's so much out there that the young people don't know. And that's what you guys need to do is pass on some of the stories so that they understand really with the industry they're in and, and the older guys that I talk to that are even older than you guys that have raced. Um, they pass on the, in, the, the information that they had. And um, it's a lot of fun to teach Jeremy, but uh, Jeremy was a uh, quite the writer in his day and, and really fast. And um a force to be reckoned with on any given day. So um, we may tease him a lot, but uh, we appreciate him and appreciated him coming here and, and sitting down with us. So uh, don't make fun of him, Shane. Uh, that was real. That, that came from my heart. I really meant that. Uh, I'm good. I, I, there's nothing better than sitting down and making fun of each other. Huh? Shane. <laughs> We've been doing it for about 25 years. So we're good at it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think Corey and I'd be more laughing than we do talking. Uh, that's for sure. That, that's these two. You can't, you can't hardly get a word in and then you're laughing when you can. So hard to talk. I, I just think Shane's on his best behavior because uh, we wanted to keep the cuss words out of it. So he, so he's, he, he's toned it down a little. Uh, so am I. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> don't leave Jeremy out there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not. I'm surprised I was, he, talk. He, he taught me all of them <laughs> all to you now uh, Jeremy how old are you uh, 46 oh wow that's wow. what I said wow that he, I, I, that he made it that far well, how old are you Shane <laughs> that face looks we're out three bodies <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm older than Jeremy, so and, I, and we're both older than Corey. Yeah, he is. What are you forty four? What are you forty four? Forty five? Just turned forty four. Forty four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still got them pictures in San Diego with the twenty first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was that was a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Hey, hey, Jeremy, you still got those those pictures of Corey putting them Curtis Park stickers on that Duncan door? <laughs> <laughs> I was the driver. I was not the I was not the sticker guy. You didn't I, was the the player, man. I, was, I know cool. that was you, Shane. <laughs> We tried to work out of. We told him not to do that, and he he, he stuck them stickers on there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he drove yeah. us there. He drove us there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we could have never found that place. <laughs> how many beer? How many beers down were they? <laughs> uh, when who? Huh? Who? When when you guys did that? How many ba- how many beers down were you? I was driving, so I wasn't drinking. Though they were, I'm sure. I don't even know. I don't even know with us. It was Corey, Jeremy, and me, and somebody else. Who was with feel, us, Jeremy? I feel like it was Fristo. Was it Fristo or Timmy? It was one of them, I think. I think it was Fristo. Fristo? Why well, would Fristo have been with us? I don't know. Fristo was out in Chris was out in California yeah. quite a bit because, um, well, the 21st birthday he was there. So he was there quite a bit. Fristo was that year. Okay. Well, maybe well, I bought his. I bought that that bike off him. And he come out and rode it in in the in the pace races. Hmm. Well, I'm sure Curtis was pissed at you because that was the biggest damn sticker. It took up the whole door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll bet you, you know, right. didn't come for me because I didn't ride for Curtis. Either. Yeah, well, it's still, I mean, he was probably yelling at Shane because that, that sticker probably cost him $100, you know. Hey, because Curtis, one time, his wife, we went to the races and, and we didn't have a sticker, so she mailed me a whole stack of stickers. Curtis shows up at the races, and I was, I was giving them out. You know, I said, well, we finally got some spark stickers here, you know. And uh, Curtis showed up and said, where'd you get them? I said, well, Judy sent them to me. And he ripped them back out of my hand. He said, she can't give you all those stickers. Those are expensive. He took them back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know a guy like that sounds just like that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Still. <laughs> still is, brother. Still is. Oh shit! All right, gentlemen, you guys have a great night. Yeah, you <laughs> Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Um, yep. I'll be reaching out to all of you again, and uh, we'll do this again. All right. All right, Lenny. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks, Lenny. Hey, guys, you have a great night. Yep, see you. you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for keeping it clean, guys. That was awesome. We did the best we could. That are awesome. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Wow. All right. Thank you, Lenny. Right, how, how, far out, how far out are you on episodes right now? Uh, if, if I don't plug this one in early, which I may... Oh, okay. Six four is what what the open date is for this episode. Can we cuss now? Yeah, you can cuss now. No, because I was I was I can't remember who I was listening to. Um, one of the recent ones, and God, I think he recorded like last fall or something. Um, I had some r- really old stuff that I kept pushing and kept pushing. Maybe it was Hunter Hearts, maybe I think. Yeah, I recorded his really probably December. Sometime early December. Um, but some things got pushed because I had a couple uh episodes that I needed to get out or a couple things that happened. Um, okay. we've we've had to change our formatting and the way we do it. 
which Corey, you've been involved in a little bit of the conversations we've had. Uh, we're trying to go video. All this was taped um, so that there can be a video made of it. Oh, okay. uh, don't know how that's going to happen, but we're working on all of that behind the scenes. It's just, um, you know, you, you guys will know GBC just came on board with uh, ATV talk to help us out. And uh, so that we can uh, hopefully help them sell them more tires. Uh, and and they're going to uh, have an ad in front of all the episodes and uh, get their logo on every video that we make. So I'm going to have to step my game up and start learning how to do this. How many episodes have you done? Um, I have um, taped right now. I have 72 episodes taped for regular ATV talk episodes. And I have um, 11 inspired episodes taped. Holy shit. You just do this every night after work? Yes. Damn. Wow. That's a full-time job. It is. Every episode, believe it or not, from the time we start taping to the time we produce it, we have anywhere from five to eight hours in it. Man, you figure as we drop, there's like last week we dropped three episodes. This week we'll drop two, and next week we'll drop three. Holy cow! Yeah, and, and I have I have a calendar. That's my taping calendar for March. Do you? Uh, how do you decide who you're going to talk to? I mean, at some point you're going to run out of people to talk to. You're going to laugh. It's all about who you can get a hold of. Like the XC guys, for some reason, they just don't seem to want to come on the show. Hunter Hart did, uh, and Johnny Gallagher's going to, but some of those other guys uh, won't return the uh, information. You know, they won't talk. Uh, Joel Hetrick will not respond. That's weird because he does Cody's all the time. Yep. Well, the thing with us, though, Lenny, is we all know who you are. You know, we met you, hung out with you and all that, you know. 90% of the people, even the young kids, know who I am or at least know of who I am. Yeah. You know, and and that's great. Um, and and plus, we're getting we have so many episodes. We, we're, we're dropping episode um, 48 tomorrow. Who's that? Uh, Kenny Stanford. Oh, okay. Tireblocks. Yeah. Tireblocks kid. And, uh, Jim Babbitt from the seventies, a three-wheeler racer drops on Friday. Um, and then you guys, you guys know who Pat Kerrigan is? No. He works for Dirt Wheels. He does all the photography and the editing for the magazine. Oh, really? Yep. He's going to drop on Monday. He's my inspired episode for Monday, you know? So I am sorry, Lenny, that we didn't talk much about racing because when I get with these two, it's nothing about race. And then that's that's totally fine. It was more about uh the conversation and everything. Um Jimmy White's second episode is on Tuesday. He'll be my 50th episode. And the first time with Jimmy was kind of we were just talking industry. We weren't talking uh, racing we weren't talking two stroke four stroke or anything we had a really good the first the, the second time i started tried to tape with him i had some uh wi-fi issues here 
So I lost a portion of the episode. So we had to reschedule. My daughter saved a bunch of that. And that was probably the best back and forth with Jimmy that you could have talking about the two strokes and the four strokes and, and the difference between the rider and the manager. Uh, and then we rolled into the second taping, which was good. It wasn't bad, but uh, we got to save a bunch of that stuff with the bad Wi-Fi and edit it correctly and then retaped with him uh, and, and filled in all the blanks. And uh, it was really good. Well, that's probably what we're going to need to do with this thing. Well, we're not going to edit any of this that's in here with us. Um, even if there was foul language, I don't edit it. I don't beep it. I just run it. Well, the thing about it with me is like I spent like a lot of time in California and not, you know, on the East Coast. So, well, we're going to we're going to sit down and tell some of the, that story. And then after we've talked to after I've just talked to you, I asked Shane to come back and do a second episode. You know, because people have been asking for Shane, you know, they liked his episode and they want to know more. And I'm going to get more specific in some of the things that we talked about when he talked about the development of the Honda and the KTM. And we'll get a little more specific into some of the information, you know, Corey. I can't can't believe that Joel doesn't come on. I'm going to give Joel hell when I see him. No, I've reached out. Maybe he just doesn't know, or maybe he's just busy, you know? I get it. I don't understand why Walker Fowler hasn't because Walker Fowler is through the grapevine agreed to do it. And then just never, never done it. I'll call him. Tell him he has to do it. Isn't he one of your guys? Yeah. So I'll call him. Tell him he has to do it. I'll say now that we're sponsoring it, you need to do this. There you go. You know, that's all. And also Lenny, this is another thing that I got Shane and, and Corey are more active in the sports field. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm out in the middle of nowhere in a cotton field. So that's the best place I'm asked to. Yeah, it is. is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Corey's still active, you know, obviously with GBC tires or whatever, but, you know, I still like to go. I mean, I tell people, you know, when they ask me today, I mean, hell, I was a fan first, you know, I mean, I just loved going and watching the races. I never, I never thought I was ever going to grow, grow up and race four wheelers or even when I did, I never thought I'd be any good or, end up in the pro class or whatever. I mean, I just, that whatever was really even a plan for me. It just kind of happened, you know? So I feel the same way. I was a fan first. I had like all Curtis Sparks and all those guys on three wheelers on my wall, you know? Yep. Same here. That was a freaking, uh, I can't wait. If, if things work out, I'm going to get Curtis and my dad together because not everybody, I told you this, Corey, I don't know if you guys know this before Curtis was Curtis Sparks, he used to buy parts from my dad. Yeah, I knew that. And, and, um, Curtis has made more than one comment that he would like to meet my dad. And I want to get him together and do an episode with him. Yeah. You know, the problem is neither one of them talk. No, it'll, you know, the funny thing about Corey or Curtis is, is if you get him started, he'll talk. And, he, and you wouldn't have to ask any questions. He'll just ramble on and, and he's a good dude, but man, just to getting him to, to where you get him on there. I don't you know. Curtis going hard to answer a damn phone call. I can't even imagine if you told him zoom, he, he'd think that was from Mars or something. Right. So. That's why. Well, uh, Bo, Bo Baron, 
got a hold of yeah. it and Curtis told him that he would drive down here to meet my dad and sit down and do an episode. And then right after that happened, uh, he had some issues. I don't know what they are or were, but I don't even want to speculate. It was some, uh, health issues. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always get along great with Curtis at the races, you know, when he would come to the work races, I would ask me, you and Curtis talk. Well, yeah, why not? A, I'm a fan from when he raced and B, he's a nice guy. You know, what's the difference? You know, what's the big deal? The pie's big enough for everybody. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, there's enough to go around. So, you know, the funny thing about all this is these two are the only ones I've really kept up about. We actually talk. Corey's been coming to see me here for years, you know, and then, me and Shane talked off and on, and then now or I'm like, I I'm. It's fun because hanging out with him just brings back the good times, you know. Right. And Corey's the same way. So, I mean, that's these are the only two guys I even speak with. Well, I'm getting to to speak to a lot of different people, the young, the old, and then and then our era, basically, and uh, it, it's pretty great. You know, you get to, you get a different perspective on everybody and it doesn't matter who you rode for or what you did or what you didn't do or who you liked or who you didn't like. We all have the same common ground. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it, it's like Jeremy said, I mean, I'll see some of these guys, like you may not see them for four or five years. And when you do see them, you just, you never miss a beat, you know? I mean, it's like when they did that legends thing up at Astibule, I mean, people roll in that I've seen in years and you just stand there and you talk to them just like you're going to, like you seen them last weekend and like you're going to see them again the next weekend. Knowing when you leave, there's a good chance you'll never see any of those people ever again. So, but it, uh, was pretty cool. That deal, that, that deal at uh, Astibule, it was a pretty good deal. Um, but you know, they, I don't see them doing that again for another four, four or five years, probably, but it, uh, it did turn out well. Well, if things work out with ATV talk, my daughter is all in for us traveling back to certain events and, you know, just being walking around and just talking to people and, and being a part of it. And, um, like Daytona, we just walked around with a, with a camera and a mic and just talk to people just to talk, uh, would be outstanding, you know? Yeah. It's like, I told you that me and Jeremy was just walking through the, through the pits there the other day, or actually we was over by the stands and run right into Mark King, you know, ain't seen him and I couldn't yeah. tell you how many years. So. And it's been, it's been probably 15, 16 years since I spoke to him. What was yeah. Mark doing there? He was down there for bike week. Um, just, he, you know, he rides Harleys. Yeah. So he just come over to, to watch the ATV race, you know, and he's just walking through there and I seen him and I, of course I would ever give him a hard time. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I know him pretty well. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm just coming here to watch the races, you know? And I said, you see anybody, you know, he said, well, I don't even recognize two names and which was, uh, weaning and, and, uh, Joel. He said, I don't even recognize anybody else. I said, don't worry. Cause nobody else out there recognizes me either. You know, so, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, we obviously, we, I know Joel and I know that Nick Janusa and I know uh, Chad, but other than that, 
I don't even think the Ford boy that's running my number now. He don't have no idea who I am or where the number four was, you know, and I'm still really good friends with Baldwin. I always go up to Baldwin's, you know, once or twice a year and stay all night with him and go out to eat with him and stuff and, and, uh, you know, go see Wayne and stuff. But I don't think anybody really had any idea who he was. I mean, we talked to a few guys, but they don't, I mean, when you think about it, it's been a long time. Some of those guys are in their, 20s and we ain't raced for 20 years so they probably shouldn't know us yeah but you got to know the history well i mean you should know the probably yeah i mean i knew everybody in front of me that's for sure and i looked up to those guys like gary and donnie banks and marty hart and jimmy white and jackie meadows yeah, but we read the magazine we may had a magazine we, we got every month you know yeah that was the Jeremy looked up to him too. He looked up Jackie so much. He married his sister for a little bit. I know. I know. That was probably a bad idea. Jeremy getting married period is a bad idea, but (laughs) it's not, it's not a good idea. Hey, got you out of California though. Yeah. That's about the only thing it done. Oh, shit. I I have another appointment. Um, Guys, I tape double on Mondays. Well, I'm glad you got to see me, Lenny. <laughs> All right, Bob. I don't know if I'm glad I got to see you yet. I'll let you know. Hey, Jane, you can't catch anything through the video, can you? Me? I can't no. catch anything through the video from him, can I? No, no. Okay. All right. We're good. Thank, thank well, Shane's been around me. He's, he's, he's fine. Look at him. Yeah, but his wife disinfects him when he walks in the door. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's taking my he's taking my hotel room, so he's well, all right. Well, she needs to after he hangs out with Jeremy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they got a special machine they run me through. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> all right, Lenny. Good talking to you, buddy. All right, thanks, Lenny. Lenny. I will be in touch, gentlemen. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.